0: Hey there, I'm David Seahawk, author of the novel Marath. I'm going to kind of do a twofer on this video, and we're going to talk about a movie that's in my top ten and one that is not, uh, but still a a favorite. Uh, The one in my top ten is There Will Be Blood. The one not in my top ten is uh, *Inglorious Bastard, Tarantino's Glorious Bastards. Uh, There Will Be Blood, um, pretty much every scene I love. And uh, it's, that one is on top ten, and uh, of course the the last stretch uh, at the bowling alley is 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 the highlight for me, like I'm sure it is most people. Um, the way he cadences his voice throughout the in the movie is is just amazing. Now, also throwing glorious bastard into the mix, uh, particularly I'm talking about the opening scene between uh, Hans Landa and the uh, the dairy farmer. That's uh, keeping the uh, or hiding rather the juice under his floorboards. Um, I, I love Tarantino; he's one of my favorite filmmakers, um, and I love that movie. Not sorry, like top ten, but I really like it a lot. But that scene might be my second favorite Tarantino scene ever. My first would be the stretch, the 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 the, the house uh, versus you know uh, Kill Bill, uh, the House of Blue Leaves. It's probably my favorite favorite scene that he ever did. Um to date, but um the dialogue and the cadence of it, and also talking about the cadence of Daniel Playview. Um, maybe you don't connect those yourself, and I'm not directly connected to them at all. I'm I connect them more in a, in a, in a feeling than anything. The the way Hans kind of shows up, and he's somewhat affable, you know. Actually, he's uh he, um you know, he's a Nazi, obviously, and so he carries that weight, and he definitely feared that way, and rightfully so, and he's not that, you know, like him, but he's, you know, for a Nazis, <laughs> as horrible as it sounds, he, he seemed like, uh, kind of like the Eddie Israel jo- joke, oh, he's a good Nazi, you know, maybe he's one of the good Nazis, I don't know, at first, you know, he compliments the ladies, he, um, uh, uh wants a glass of milk and he's very polite, he asked permission to sit, he asked permission to use English, he has to, to smoke his pipe. Um, there's no good Nazi at all, but um he seems to be courteous and, and you know, have a few, you know, decent traits about him. And as the scene progresses, uh, you see how he's manipulated the entire thing. And uh, he spoke English for a reason, and and he's quizzed, uh, you know, the dairy farmer, all these things for a reason. You find out he's a, he's not a good Nazi. He is a lecherous piece of shit Nazi, like they all are. And uh, he's to- he totally is typical of what he is. He's a he's of crap Nazi. And, uh, but it's the way he hides it and the way he holds himself, the way he carries himself. He does the same thing in the scene later in the restaurant, where, but with the, uh, with the, uh, the pastry and the, and the whipped cream. And, um, it's perfectly played by, uh, um, by Chris, uh, Chris, Christoph Waltz and, um, poorly written as well. And it's, um, uh, the way it constructs a villain that is awkward, uh, yeah. like the scene with uh, the Brad Pitt, you know, it's a bingo. Is that how you say it? Uh, is that is that a bingo? Oh, how fun! Th- those he's awkward. He's really weird and awkward, but yet you fear him, and I dug that. Now bringing in there will be blood. There will be blood. The, the the power of the cadence of daniel playview's voice to how it manipulates and and how it exerts power uh on uh and until finally you know at the end he's he's pretty much gone over the edge and oh, i have the third revelation but the uh, the the way they control their voices both actors and both performances uh, the depth of it, and, 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 and of course more of the case with, with, with Hans, you know, throws it up into a higher pitch. Um, I found all that very intriguing and very interesting, particularly in a villain, which, you know, basically both characters are ultimately, you know, bad dudes. Uh, one's a traditional villain, one's a little more um, unconventional villain to say, at least in some ways I guess you could say uh, that's what a villain as maybe a Anyway, it's character study. This sense, maybe, anyway. But uh, um, to take the awkwardness and the control of the voice, um, and the never knowing where you stand with this character that ultimately creates an intimidation. Daniel Plainview has his moments where he's very nice, you know, um, and he, he's nice to the to the crowd when he's giving his little speech. You know, my son and I. <laughs> you know won't <laughs> be my by plain speaking and all that kind of things. He he, comes, he he hides under the guise of politeness, just like Hans does. He hides under the guise of experience uh that he's an oil man. and even when he's he, he pretends to be a dove or a quail hunter, and really sizing up the land and uh, the, the 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 landowners, maybe not the sharpest guy in, in the world, but uh, he pretends to be a, a person of faith um, to get what he wants, and ultimately has to even get it baptized, or something he doesn't want to do. Um, but it, basically, uh, the awkwardness and the, and and of Hans and the manipulation of both and the voice control, particularly of Daniel Playview. Uh, I find very intriguing, and so what I wanted to do was take those uh, unconventional um, characterizations and let's just just go ahead and, and put those together and broaden it, and and in the case of uh, maybe a couple characters are, are indirectly, directly yet indirectly influenced by that within the the book Murak. So I tried to like just take those and sort of build on them. And for one particular character, um, when I was in one uh, building of of the story, I had a hard time. They they the, the they weren't antagonist enough. They were they and and I, I drew inspiration to make it more bad guy like, for lack of a better way to put it. From those two characters and their performances that they put together, and to get to give me a visualization in my head of of who I needed to draw from. Um, So, where the other examples, my videos have been more like from somewhat direct influences, and and direct emotions. This is the case where I pulled from feeling and voice. And uh, uh characterization, it, it you know, it wasn't just one thing, it wasn't just one scene that it was more of of, of, of hearing their voices and then trying to replicate those voices and, and then work reverse engineer to who that voice is coming from. And so, very unusual way to approach and show you guys, uh, wow. an influence, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's true, uh, and, I, and I wanted to show you guys uh as many facets that i could and then showcase these 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 these, these are great movies uh the one and all and i'd really like want to share and showcase what i find so special about them so in, in, in this case um an amalgamation of different things to go into uh creating a character um so go out and check out inglorious bastards go out and check out uh there will be blood if you haven't seen them before, they are completely worth it. Not sure if There Will Be Blood's on 4K. I think Inglorious Bastards is, but get the best uh, uh, version of those you can. Um, there Will Be Blood has amazing cinematography. Inglorious Bastards has some some moments of really good sound. So good sound system would be helpful for both movies. Obviously, um, they're not your typical action movies by any stretch of imaginations, but they're they're both fascinating movies. Uh, to check out for different for different reasons, but we don't direct, we don't always get our inspirations from the most direct of influences, and uh I thought that these would be a good way to show that. So, hopefully, you go check out Morav and yeah, you'll like it too.